Hello and welcome to the Never Judge Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Locklear, and this is episode four. This episode is entitled Riding Dirty. Now, that title will make sense when we get to the end of it. The first part of this is not going to be so good for me because I'm going to do a lot of confessing. But now at the end of it, I think it'll get much better and you'll understand where we're going. So hang in here with me and hopefully you'll get something out of this episode riding dirty. Now, I started to name this guilty, but then I'm afraid somebody would think I was judging them, and I certainly can't judge anybody. I've said that from the very beginning. I don't have a heart meter. I don't know your condition. I don't know your history. There's no way I can judge you in any of your activities, because I can't read your heart, so I'm not going to try it. But I can throw a mirror up, and I can look at myself, and I can judge myself. Now, when I first had this thought, I thought, well, you know, I'll come up with some bad things that I've done in my life and have a little confession time and then we'll get to the good part. And I said, well, that's going to be hard to do because I've been sweet all my life and I've helped people and I've been as good as I can possibly be. But man, when I started thinking about it and things started coming back to me that I'd done, it's like, wow, Greg, you hadn't been as sweet and loving and kind all your life as you thought you had. And so a lot of things come back to my mind. And if you ask me, and we started making a list, you said, Greg, have you ever cheated? Well, I can tell you when I was in high school, I had a football coach that was teaching, I believe, a history class, and he caught me cheating on a test. And when he caught me cheating on a test, we handled things different back in those days. He sent me to the hall, and he brought his paddle out, and he was going to give me three licks. He hit me one time, and he hit me so hard, he knew he was over the top. I stood up and started walking off, and he said, I'm not done. I said, yeah, you'll never touch me again. And so he went back in the classroom, and in a little while, I composed myself and went back in. But, man, he hit me hard. We, that's the way we handled things back in that day. But, yeah, if you said, Greg, if you ever cheated, I'd have to say guilty, unfortunately. Now, what about stealing? Greg, you ever stole anything? Now, I've always fussed about this and said, man, it's horrible to steal. And I believe that. It's horrible to take take something that somebody else's. I remember one time me and my grandfather was going fishing and we went to get the fishing rods and somebody had stole every one of them. And boy, that that just upset me. But I got to thinking, I remember one time, and this was back in high school as well, gang of us boys were going egging. That's bad enough in itself. But I worked at a grocery store and I took a bunch of eggs from the grocery store. So yeah, if you said, Greg, have you ever stolen? I'd have to say, I'm guilty. Well, Greg, have you ever physically hurt someone? i tell you one time I was sitting at a bar and I was sitting with this girl and this guy come up and he kept messing with this girl and he just kept on and kept on. And then I did what I never should have done. Some of y'all going to figure this out. I actually lived the song. I picked up a bottle and I hit this joker and he hit the floor and I thought, oh no. And I took off and I went downtown and I went down into this bar downtown and I was sitting there ordered up a boot, and I was sitting at a bar on the inside waiting for my ride on the outside. And sure enough, when I climbed those steps of the bar and went outside, two MPs tackled me. 
Now, this guy turned out to be fine. He was okay. But how horrible was that, what I did? So if you say, Greg, you ever physically hurt someone, I'd have to say, living that song, absolutely, I am guilty. I'll tell you one that's really bad, and I've thought about this a lot in my lifetime. My mother always sent me letters when I was in Germany, every week. One week, I was even in bed at home on leave, and she wrote me a letter that morning with me in the bed so that the next week, I would not have to go without a letter. Now, I know communication's changed a little bit now, and we got cell phones and iPads and different ways to communicate, but I'm going to tell you, if you got a loved one that's serving the country and he's away from home or she's away from home, please be in touch with them. Keep them informed because there is nothing worse than being homesick. I remember one Christmas I'd come home earlier because my grandfather had died and I didn't have enough leave to come home for Christmas. And we only had one TV station and one radio station and that was the Armed Forces Network. And I was laying in bed on Christmas and listening to the radio and I heard Christmas in Dixon. Boy, I was homesick. I laid there and cried all night. But if you got somebody. Be in touch with them because I'm telling you, those letters help me through. They help me be connected to back home. But one time I was able to slip away and come home for the weekend for a party that they had had for me on my birthday. And I come home for the weekend and mother had been so good to me and I didn't even tell her I was home. I slipped in and slipped out. That is just horrible, I know. But if you say you ever disrespected somebody, I'd have to say I'm definitely, definitely guilty of that. I know one time, and this is bad, I had ran out of gas, and this guy come by me, and he was going to the same place I was going about a mile up the road, and he just waved and smiled and drove all the way there, and I walked all the way there, and then when I got in there, he said something to me, and I said, well, you can just go to hell, and as soon as I said that, it come all over me, like, I can't believe you just said that to a human being, Greg, but I said it, you ever cuss somebody, Greg? Guilty definitely guilty. I'll tell you about one time when I was being stupid, uh, just dumb. That's the only way I know how to describe this transgression is I was just being dumb. I was at a bonfire with mostly family and friends and we was all around the bonfire and I was wanting to go somewhere that I didn't need to go and do something I didn't need to do and they were telling me that I couldn't go and I didn't have a ride. Nobody would take me. And I just took off and swung at my cousin, missed him, and hit my uncle. Now, either one of them could have stomped a mud hole in my butt, but they loved me. And so they didn't, thank the Lord. And I was just being dumb. And so if you, you say you ever done something stupid just being dumb, yeah, I'd have to plead guilty. I know this one time I was dating this girl and I snuck off, went to a dance and I was on the dance floor dancing with this other girl and the girl I'd snuck off from come in and when she come in, she just ran and tackled that other girl and they come, arrested her and took her to jail. I got to feeling bad after a little while and I just went right on up to jail and tried to get her out. Well, instead, they locked me up in the same cell with her. Greg, you ever been in jail? Guilty. 
definitely guilty. I tell you, this one right here is a bad one, and it has to do with uh, weddings. I've done a lot of weddings in my life. My first one was about the age of 17, and I did one last weekend, and I'm 55. Imagine how many weddings I've done in my life. I've married people, and we were all in an airplane. Once I pronounced them husband and wife, the whole wedding party and me jumped out of the airplane. Uh, I've married people in tobacco shops. I've married people between trailers in a trailer park in the fanciest venues you've ever been to. And I've uh, done a lot of weddings, but I told a family member's grandmother one time not to ask me because I would not marry her. Why, Greg? Why wouldn't you marry her? Because I was being judgmental. I always said I would marry people and let God do the judging, but in this particular instance, I did the judging and didn't do the marrying, and that's just wrong. Uh, I'm nobody's judge, and so I can't believe that I did that, but I think about it, and you say, Greg, have you ever judged anybody before? I'd have to plead guilty. I am definitely guilty of that. Now, I've had a lot of relationships in my life, and I told you one time, never take relationship advice from me, but if I started telling you and confessing the things that I've done, then and some of the bad stuff has to do with relationships. I know when the marriage was over between my children's mother and me. I stayed longer than I should, and I did some things that I shouldn't. And looking back, that was one of life's biggest mistakes, but I did it. And if you said, Greg, you ever committed adultery, I'd have to say I am guilty. And then I've been with some wonderful, wonderful people that God's blessed me with that I didn't deserve. Uh, don't understand it. I ain't that pretty. It's probably these dimples that's got me in so much trouble. But I have destroyed relationships with lust, with selfishness. Somebody just said, make some adjustments in your lifestyle. Wouldn't do it. And then I certainly messed up when I destroyed a relationship because of my pride. And, you know, in the Bible, in Proverbs, it says, pride cometh before destruction. And that's certainly never been truer than in my life. Yeah, I'm guilty of all those things. Now, I'm going to stop the confession train now because you get the point. I've done a lot of bad stuff, and I don't even like myself after I listen to some of these things that I'm willing to confess to you. And I hadn't even mentioned the time that uh, my daughter, my oldest girl, had told me that something was wrong with her. And I'm like, girl, you're fine. Just walk it off. There ain't nothing wrong with you. And she ends up having to have heart surgery. So yeah, they never let me forget about that. I was a tough parent, probably too hard on my children. And I'm guilty of that. So, look, I'm tired of pleading guilty, so I'm going to uh, just move on, and I'm going to tell you what happened to me one time. One time, as a little kid, I was just a little kid, I am at church, there's a table in the back, and there's a lot of children in this room. It's a little bitty table with short legs, and, and I'm sitting about halfway down on the right side, 
And a feeling come over me. I just felt like, man, Greg, you're a sinner. And I'm just a kid at the time. But I'm feeling like, man, there's something wrong. I need Jesus. I just felt like I needed Jesus to fix me from being a sinner. And I didn't understand much about the Bible. I couldn't tell you the difference in a major prophet and a minor prophet. I didn't know what the Pentateuch was. I didn't understand the difference in the epistles and the gospels and uh, none of the eschatology, the end time events. I, I didn't know any of that. I'm just a kid, but I know something's wrong and it's got to be fixed. And so I raised my hand. I told the teacher, I said, I've got to be saved. And every, all the rest of the kids looked at me like I had lost my mind. And the teacher led me to the pastor and we talked and he wanted to get a good understanding of what I did understand. And I just asked Jesus into my heart and Jesus came into my heart and I was instantly saved at that time and on my way to heaven. What I want to share with you now is a visual of exactly what happened when I did ask Jesus to come into my heart. And I want you to have this visual. So let's take your soul. Now, what is your soul? Your soul is your conscious reality. That's who you are. Not counting flesh, blood, bones, none of that physical stuff, but who you are, your soul. Now, every time you do something wrong, your soul gets dirt on it. Anytime, and nobody's perfect. There's only one live that's ever been perfect. We covered that in episode one, and that's Jesus. Everybody else has made some mistakes. You probably haven't made as many as I've made. I've made a bunch of them, more than I even realized when I started thinking about things. But every time you do something wrong, that soul gets a little dirt on you. So I hope you're picturing a sphere, a little round ball inside your chest that is your soul. And this soul, this little round soul gets dirt in it every single time you do something wrong. And man, if you live a life in this world we live in, it's so messed up and you living here all your life, you just can't help over time that soul is going to become filthy. I mean nasty filthy. It's dirty. And there's so much dirt in your soul. But here's what happens now. This is really awesome. What happens is when you ask Jesus into your heart, actually the Holy Spirit comes into you. Okay, and for visualization purposes, I want you to see it this way. The Holy Spirit takes a drop of Jesus' blood and drops it into your soul. And at the very instance that blood hits your soul, all the dirt leaves that sphere. All the dirt on your soul leaves. It's as far as the east is from the west. And your dirty, nasty, rotten soul becomes so pure and perfect. It is white as snow. And it is so white it's glowing. And there's not one problem or one speck on your soul when the blood of Jesus hits it. And then that Holy Spirit puts a seal. Let's say it's a crystal seal. So you can still see it shining it's so white and that crystal seal comes around your soul and it locks on to it and nothing can penetrate that seal nothing in this life is capable of penetrating that seal 
And then, just for good measure and visualization purposes, the Holy Spirit stamps a cross on your soul. And so there it is, covered, protecting, and shining white as snow. And now you're thinking, well, what about the dirt, the stuff you do after you're saved? Well, listen to me. Everything I did that I confessed to you was after I was saved. Everything. And none of it could possibly break that seal. Nothing could possibly contaminate my soul. My soul has been pure white as snow, and every bit of the dirt has been thrown as far as the east is from the west. You see, i got to change my verdict now. Yes, if I'm standing in front of a fleshly trial, and I'm standing there, The judge is going to have to find me guilty on everything I admitted to you. But that heavenly trial is different because I don't plead my righteousness. I plead the righteousness of Christ, the blood of Jesus, and I am clean. So my plea changes. I'm no longer riding dirty. I am clean. I am crystal, crystal clean and there is no problem with my soul. So I'm changing my plea to not guilty. Nothing you do after you're saved can contaminate your soul. You have become the righteousness of Christ. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. That is a wonderful thing. So when you do that one thing, no matter what else you do, and that's the point of every episode, you are going to heaven. And there's no way you can come unsealed and not go to heaven. Isn't that beautiful? And we're going to continue on now with this visualization of what happens. But I know the feedback I get all the time. It's like, well, if God's a loving God and he loves everybody, then why don't he just take everybody to heaven? Well, just think two quick reasons here. Number one, the reason is because he gave us all free will. He didn't make robots. We all have our own free will to choose or reject. It's a simple, he made it as simple as it could possibly be. We don't have to earn it. We can't earn it. We can't lose it. All we got to do is bleed by faith and invite him in. And that's it. And we're on our way to heaven. The second thing is, well, why don't he just take everybody, whether we choose him or not? Well, think about that for a second. One little speck of dirt on your soul when it got into heaven would mess up heaven for everybody else. It would mess it up for all of mankind. So we're not going to have that one speck of dirt. All that dirt's got to be washed clean. So that's what happens. And now to continue on, I just love this with the visualization process. What happens when we die? Now, I don't know when I'm going to die. I told a lady last week on the phone, she was trying to make me a doctor's appointment for the like the end of February next year. I said, well, don't worry about making it. I'll be dead by then. Now, I was being a little facetious, but I've had a few complications, and I don't know. I could die tonight. Well, and it might be 30, 40 years before I die. Who knows? But I know that when I die, I'm going to heaven. I want you to see what happens here. It is a beautiful scene. So I know a lot of this is illustration purposes, and for you Bible police, I want to tell you we know that we're going to have a glorified body that can be identified, and then to be absent from the body is to be present 
with the Lord. So now let me give you the visualization. When I take my last breath, an angel is going to take my soul, sealed and stamped and shining white as snow, and is going to take it all the way to the third heaven and present it to Jesus. Now Jesus is going to reach and take that seal off of it, and I'm going to get a brand new glorified body. Now, maybe, hopefully, I'll have less wrinkles and less scars when I receive that new glorified body, but I don't know that. It might be just like it is, and I'd be fine with that. Visually, I've got more of a six-pack ab in my glorified body, but I still may be sporting a kegger. I don't know, but I know it's going to be recognizable, and I'm going to have me a glorified body. And I'm going to take that body, and I'm going to hug Jesus, and then I'm going to walk over to these pearly gates. And I'm going to walk inside of heaven in these pearly gates, and I'm going to commence to hugging a whole bunch of people. I'm going to hug my daddy Jr., and my mama Dean, and my daddy, and George, and Nana, and Robert William. I'm going to hug Michael Bone. And I'm going to hug Uncle Jim. And I'm going to hug Aunt Jackie and Uncle Bill. And I'm going to hug Tim Sanders. And I'm going to hug Michael Bentley. I'm going to hug Mama. And I'm going to hug Uncle Pierce and Aunt Lucy. And I'm going to hug Aunt Dean. And I'm going to hug Mr. and Miss Smith. I'm going to hug Granny Locklear and Hollis and Aunt Joan. And I better stop with the Locklears because there's so many of them over there. They probably got their own street. And I hadn't even mentioned friends. Everybody I've already mentioned is family. But boy, I'm going to hug Mike Howe's neck. And I'm going to hug Sammy White's neck. And I'm going to hug Keisha's neck. And I got to quit because I'm going to leave out so many friends. There'll be no less than a 100 close friends welcome me into heaven. And I'll hug everybody's neck as I go in. Now, you may have a lot of people over there, and you're going to get that glorified body, and you're going to be able to have that wonderful reunion that I'm talking about. I hope that's the case. I hope you do that very easy thing. No matter how much riding dirty you've been, no matter what you've done in your life, if you stop and reflect, if you've ever messed up once, and I know that's all of us, so if you've ever messed up once and you've never asked Jesus into your heart, then I hope and pray that you do that, because if you do that, you'll be clean, you'll be sealed, you'll be on your way to heaven, and I'll wait on you, and I want to be one of your friends there that hugs your neck when you cross over. Thank you so much for listening. I uh, hope that that meant something to you and you got something out of it. Uh, I hope that visualization helped and you can see how sealed and how bright and how perfect we are once that blood of Jesus touches our soul. And we're good. We're good from now on. Nothing's going to break that seal in this life. So I hope you get that and understand that and you take the necessary steps to go to heaven. If you got any questions for me, as usual, you can email me at neverjudgepodcast at gmail.com. And I hope you will. And if you got some questions, if you're confused about something, I'm here for you. And if I can, I'll try my best to answer them. And I won't lie to you. If I don't know the answer, I'll just say, I don't know. But I'll try my best to study it out and give you an answer according to what I can learn. 
Uh, God bless you. Thank you for listening. Don't be riding dirty in this life. Go ahead and take care of that. Watch for another episode dropping next week, episode five. God bless you and have a great week.